Our first two uh, people that are going to give up or stand up here and um, tell, about, tell you about what God has done in their lives, lives are Lindsay and Dylan. Lindsay is a freshman at Bozeman, and she grew up in Belgrade, went to Manhattan Christian, and her favorite breakfast food is bagels and coffee. <laughs> Dylan here is a sophomore at MSU, and he's taking pre-med and uh, grew up in Brograde as well. And um, his favorite cereal is Reese's Puffs. So, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll just transition it off to one of these guys. And, um, Lindsay, you can go ahead and find a seat. Or if you want to go first, go ahead. Um, you got both these on? Yeah. Okay. Okay, can you, can you guys hear me? Barely. Okay, is that better? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, okay, so for those of you who may not know me, my name is Lindsay, and I'm a freshman at Montana State University. I grew up in Belgrade and attended Belgrade Public School for the first few years of my education. Um, I've been very blessed that God has given me a family of believers. Both of my parents and my younger brother at attend Grace Bible Church. In elementary school, I transferred from Belgrade Public School to Manhattan Christian School, where I finished my education and graduated. My family went through a rough time when I was just starting high school. My dad needed a knee replacement and could not continue with his current job. Many months of physical therapy followed after he had his surgery. He then went back to college and graduated this past December. As my dad was the main financial provider for our family, our inco income took a significant drop during that period. My mom had to work two jobs to take care of the basic, family, the basic needs of our family. Watching my parents struggle to keep us in a Christian school had an impact on me. Very few times I remember thinking of how blessed I was to be able to attend a Christian school, but for the most part, I selfishly took it for granted. That is certainly not to say that I did not receive a strong Christian foundation. Having grown up in a Christian atmosphere, church was always a priority. It was easy to go through the motions of attending church on Sundays and looking like a Christian when I needed to at school. I would frequently put off the blessing of a Christian education. Although I was receiving a God-based schooling, it didn't really push me to grow in my faith. I was very stagnant in my spiritual life, and I did not feel a need to change that. I was succeeding at everything I participated in, in sports, academics, and even class elections. I, really, I received scholarships and awards throughout high school. All of these things caused me to be very prideful. I would definitely say that pride is still my biggest battle today. I would like to think that I'm in control of every situation, and I've noticed sin in the area of not giving over the reins completely to God. Um, this is one area, oh, yeah, this is one area in my life that I see the gap between God's perfect holiness and my broken sinfulness. But it is so amazing that God sent his one and only son as an offering for our unworthy and broken selves. This past summer, I wanted to make the MSU track team. Uh, 
Sorry. I wasn't very good at my events, which were shot put and discus coming out of high school, but I worked over the summer, and a few days into the, before the fall semester started, I signed with the MSU track team. Um, my throwing has had a significant impact on my walk with God, especially in the last few months. Although high school was not all that long ago, I can say that I have undergone an amazing change since graduation. I was unashamedly competing for my own glory and success. One evening at state track of my senior year, our team had devotions in our coach's room. Before we went back to our own rooms, he looked at each one of us and asked us why we were there and what had motivated us. When it was my turn, I didn't even hesitate when I said I was there for my own success. My motivation was that I was the hardest worker on that team and I wanted everyone else to know that. I wanted to be rewarded for it. Looking back on that, I am so embarrassed and so ashamed. It was such a sinful mindset and it's scary that I didn't even realize my wrongful thinking. I've had to undergo a change in mindset, from competing for my own glory to working hard for God. I think success is certainly something to be encouraged, but keeping my heart in check and reminding myself that God has given me this opportunity to not only work hard for Him, but to work hard to encourage my other teammates. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. True joy can be found in working hard for the Lord and giving yourself to others. Holding this incredible opportunity with an open hand and realizing that God can use me when I'm successful in the eyes of my coaches and teammates, and he can use me when I'm not throwing well or I'm injured and I can't even practice. He's sovereign over all, and I need to trust and rely solely on him for my strength and ability. Since I've gotten plugged into Cross Life and Athlete Bible Study, I've been feeling my faith grow. There have also been some incredible people who have poured into me and met with me weekly. They have kept me accountable and challenged me to grow in my faith and to not avoid struggles, but to work through them and ultimately give the glory to God. It is so exciting to be able to gather with a body of believers and worship a perfect God. I have set time aside daily to be in God's word in faith that it will become the authority in my life and that my success in the classroom or in track will not affect my relationship with Christ. Remembering to keep the main thing the main thing is going to be key, that thing being my faith in Christ. Romans 6.11 says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. God has an amazing way of reminding me of this when I need it most. Not only is sin death, but the only way to escape that death is faith in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. There was not a specific moment that I accepted Christ. It has been more of a gradual transition that has taken a few months. This, start, this started when I became active in both Cross Life and Athlete Bible Study. I now have a yearning to learn more about Christ and, and to study His Word. Going forward, I know that pride will still be an issue that I have to deal with. But God is my rock and my foundation. He is the one thing that will never fail. Keeping the mindset of working hard and staying faithful will also be important. One of my favorite verses is Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This does not mean that God is some sort of a fairy who makes all of our aspirations come true, but it means that even when we cannot see the whole picture, he is working for our good. I am so excited to see where God will use me, and it is my prayer that I will not only be a light to non-believers, but that I will stay strong in my faith and in the face of many new situations. I know there will be times when others will see me as different because of my faith, but I also know that I serve a God who is much bigger than any of us can ever imagine. Thank you. All right, good evening. Got to tilt this down a little bit because uh, Lindsay's a little taller than I am. 
<laughs> Funny story, I went to Murdoch's the other day to get some jeans and I had to get them ordered in from another town because my legs are too short. <laughs> so, Anthony had mentioned that I'm from Belgrade and I know there's a lot of Belgradians out there. Uh, where are you? <laughs> All right, these are good people. Uh, go ahead and <laughs> talk to them tonight and uh, let them speak to your lives uh, as well. Um, Anthony had mentioned that tonight is a night of rem remembrance. Um, I remember one year ago uh, at this gathering was the first time that I came to Cross Life. Um, I was sitting where you guys are sitting um, as an unbeliever, and uh, man, what a, what a work the Lord has done in my life. Um, it has been my hope and my prayer um, as I've been preparing for this that uh, as you hear my testimony, you would not see uh, anything that I've done but what the Lord has done in my life. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, as I mentioned before, I grew up in Belgrade uh, with my parents and my two brothers, uh, Derek and Dawson. Uh, we went to church with my family, kind of on and off. We went to a Lutheran, Lutheran church um, in Belgrade. And uh, it seemed like when we got busy, we kind of put church aside. And uh, when things were going well, we were attending every or, uh, weekly. Um, and I kind of thought I was a Christian, and I would have professed to be one, but I didn't really know the Lord. Um, I kind of went through the motions. I gave all the right answers, but um, my heart just really wasn't there. Um, I was prideful and self-serving, especially through high school. And... Um, um, especially in athletics, um, I really just found pride in the work that I was doing, and it, it was all me. It wasn't the Lord, and um, I'm grateful to know um, through God's sovereign grace that that is certainly not the case. Um, I submitted to the weaknesses of the flesh and tried to fit in with the world. I tried to fit in with those around me. Um, and as I came to college, um, I kind of put off the Lord and um, thought that I could do it on my own and um, really kind of began to struggle with school a little bit. Um, I didn't know kind of where I stood with uh, trying to make new friends and this whole new life. And I really um, was kind of uh, humbled and um, the, the Lord really just showed me the way uh, to him. And I would say that uh, growing up, I was morally good, uh, if you will, by the world standards, but that doesn't cut it. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me, through me. And uh, that verse really spoke to my life, and um, I really just knew that I needed the Lord, and yeah, I mean, it, it speaks for itself. Um, in the transition, um, I began to realize my own sin. I had some great talks with my brother Derek. Um, I, we kind of talked about the sin um, in our lives and the sin of just other people in general. Um, and I didn't think a whole lot of it um, at first. I kind of thought that, you know, God is good and other people are worse than I am, so... I'll be all right. Um, and 
in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, Paul writes, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And that verse really spoke into my life um, as well and just helped me realize the sin in my life and the need that I had uh, for a redeemer. And um, another great verse um, that kind of brought the sin in my life to my attention was uh, Titus chapter 3, verse 3, says, For we are ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. And I think that would be certainly uh, true of my life, that I um, kind of put myself on a platform at times and uh, thought that I was better than others and um, was kind of deceitful of others if they uh, did something a little better than I did, whether that was in sports or in school or whatever it may be. Um, and so I had been going through the gospel with Matt Tebow, and um, he really spoke to my life. And uh, we went through real systematically, and we talked about who God is and who man is. And God is holy and loving and just and all these great characteristics and man is sinful and and it really just showed me the disconnect there um, and uh, then we went on into the penalty of sin is death in Romans 8 verses 6 and 8 Paul writes for to set the mind on the flesh is death but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace those who are in the flesh cannot please God and what great reassurance that is to know that in the spirit there is life and there is peace. And though the penalty of sin is death, Christ came as a redeemer, as a payment of the penalty. Um, we know from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that uh, God sent Jesus, the man who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf. And there's one very simple requirement to receive Christ is to repent from your sin and believe. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the transition um, just kind of being taught the gospel from Matt was uh, really helpful and um, it just was great to see that though I am such a lowly creature, there's a God that I can submit my life to and he is now the Lord of my life and that is just, he's such a great encouragement. Um, and so after um, I became a believer, um, it has by no means been perfect, um, but each day provides a new opportunity to serve the Lord and to rid myself of sin further and further each day. Um, and in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it, it's just so encouraging to see the new life that the Lord has given me and to see uh, these fruits of the people around me. And, um, yeah. and uh, finally, kind of wrapping up, um, I'll leave you guys with one verse, John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have, will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's just such a great encouragement. And um, again, I, it's my hope and has been my prayer that you would not see anything that I have done for my own salvation, but that you would see the work of the Lord in me. Thank you. What a special night, right? I mean, just counting each blessing. God is so gracious to save wretches like us. So up next for your listening pleasure, we have Mr. Corey Counts and Sydney Hathaway. Sydney is a sophomore at MSU, and she has no idea what her major is at this point. She's from Denton, Montana, and her favorite cereal is Life. Uh, Corey is a junior at MSU. Uh, he is studying psychology. He attended Belgrade High. And his favorite cereal, he couldn't make up his mind, so he says it's a mix between life and Lucky Charms. He loves both of them, but so he couldn't make up his mind. Um, so at this time, I'll have uh, Sydney come up and uh, share what the Lord's done in her life. And so if you guys would give her your attention and... Uh, yeah. I'm just going to lower these standards a little bit right now. Yeah, get it, standards. <laughs> All right, so like Anthony said, my name is Sydney Hathaway, and I'm from Denton, Montana. Uh, I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home, grew up going to church, uh, hearing about the Bible, all that good stuff. So this kind of turned into like a monkey see, monkey do type of thing where everybody around me was believing in Jesus, so why shouldn't I? Um, life went on from there, and it was seventh grade, and I was signed up to go to this Christian camp. Um, and the theme that year was love which I was like, okay, love is a big part of Christianity. I've heard about this, blah, blah, blah. But God really got a hold of my life that week. Um, one of the first things you learn in Awanas and Church is John three sixteen, For God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so I grew up hearing this, but I never really understood what it meant, and it didn't really mean anything to me personally. But that was the week that I realized being a Christian had nothing to do with what my parents believed, growing up in a Christian home um, or going to church. It wasn't just a checklist of things to do and not to do or things to be. Instead, it was believing in Jesus Christ, that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead so that my sins could be forgiven. 
Romans 10, 9, and 10 states that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It's nothing we can do to be saved. It's only by God's grace. And so that was the week that I realized that it's God's love for us that allows us to have a relationship with him. Um, kind of like Lindsay, it wasn't like an overnight change, um, but instead a gradual process of just growing in the Lord and knowing him more and more. Um, I've definitely seen the most growth in the past probably three or four years, and I guess I must be pretty stubborn because God's been teaching me for like four years to trust in him. Um, it's been pretty incredible to see what all God can use to teach a person something. Um, he's used everything from, I'm not kidding you, a hitchhiker alongside the road to a relationship and then a breakup um, and a lot of other things in between. Um, Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So this last year, uh, a lot of hard things have happened and a lot of really good things have happened. Um, so many times we can't see past what's going on right here right now in our lives. We have no perspective. And sometimes it feels like the whole world is crashing in on you. But it's the times like that when it's most important to remember that in all things, God is good. You know, and if I've learned anything over the past four years, it's that in all situations, even when we don't see it, God is good. And I think that's so cool that when we don't see it, we can still cling to that promise and know that God is faithful in that. And just learning that the peace he gives is beyond anything we can comprehend. You know, the Holy Spirit fills us with joy, and so being able to live with that joy instead of pain and regret and suffering is pretty amazing, especially since we do not deserve forgiveness or a savior. But out of love, God granted us all of those things. Do I trust God in everything, or do I just trust him when life is good? What if I was to lose everything? This has been on my mind a lot lately. Um, I love my family, I love them a lot. But do I love them more than I love God? Because if I do, then I have just made my family an idol. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It's been challenging to me lately to think about whether my foundation is built solely on God or whether I'm clinging to the things of this world. Because nothing in this world is strong enough to be a foundation. You know, God is stronger than everything around us because everything around us has the potential to crash, but God is the only thing that is strong. I was asked the question 
this fall that really put things into perspective in my life. Someone asked me this. If a random person were to follow me around for a week, not in a creepy way, but just, <laughs> just observing the things I do and listening to the way I talk, who would they say my God is? And would they say that my God is the same as I say my God is? So how am I spending my time? What am I prioritizing? And how am I speaking? Is what I'm saying over here matching what I'm doing over here and then meeting with what I say I believe? And if they're different, then I definitely need a heart check. And I've had a lot of heart checks, a lot. Which is honestly just glory to God, you know, that he is willing to mold us and make us more like him. So there's a lot to a person's story, but that's all I'm going to share tonight. Um, so this is just a part of what God's been doing in my life. And glory to God. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd be better prepared, but uh, I remember that turkey makes me really tired, so <laughs> kind of a cruel ploy to send that to my plate, but, I mean, I'll work with what I have. Um, Paul, could you settle down back there? I know you're excited, but I'm already nervous enough, sir. Uh, well, my name's Corey, as I've been introduced, and I just want to open up with two words that mean basically the world to me, and that is that Jesus saves. And this is something I've come to learn in the last, hmm, since the beginning of the semester, I would say, that is when I started my, um, my journey with Jesus at Cross Life. I want to open that statement with a Bible verse. This comes from Romans 4, 5. And it says, However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is counted as righteousness. And this put perspective to me that no work I could do could ever bring me to righteousness and nothing that my hands could provide to this world. They all mean nothing without believing in God and trusting in Him. And I just got to say praise God for that and I'm very thankful for that opportunity to learn that. And um, I come from a line of faith actually. My grandmother and my mother before me, they, they believe in God and I've been lucky enough to have two very awesome pastors sitting in the back, Deontay and my friend, Pastor James Martin. Uh, they shared this verse with me, and I thought it was only fitting to share. It comes from 2 Timothy 1, 4 through 5. It says, and this is Paul's letter uh, to Timothy in his, um, I guess, near the end of his life. And he says, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandma Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. And those are not, in fact, uh, the names of my grandma and mother, but very, very close, I must say. <laughs> Just a few letters off, actually. Um, so as I said before, I've always believed in God, but I always follow him, no, far from, and... Um, Another Bible verse, but wait, there's more, you know. Um, this, this I learned uh, from my good friend Deontay, and it really just sits very well on my heart because it reminds me of an old me, and I can now understand where I was going wrong. 
This is from 1 John 1, 5-7. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from sin. Now I'd like to move on to, I guess, my coming to faith. Um, rewind it back to my very young years. Um, family life, my mom and my dad were divorced at a young age. I don't have the um, conscious recognition of it, so very young. Um, I remember starting kindergarten without them being together, so yeah, maybe three, I don't know. I don't have the timetable, but um, after the split, um, my mother, she, uh, she was dating this man, and this was a man of very wicked intent, and um, from the young age, I remember him physically abusing my mother, and oftentimes recall hiding under my bed from him when he came around in order to protect myself. And uh, this escalated one night as he tried to burn my brother and my mom and I out of our house as he set a mattress on fire and threw it up against our house. And by the grace of God, we had survived that night and lived to see another day. And not much longer, he came to our house and took my mom in the night and put her in his truck and said to my mother, neither of us will leave this truck alive, implying that he was planning to kill both of them by some means. And this is where my mom told me that the Holy Ghost spoke to her and said, lock that door. And um, so she reached over, locked that door, locked the other, got out of their safe. From there, he was per, uh, prosecuted in the court system, and finally he was put away to leave us alone, as we thought. We moved residents in order to protect ourselves. Um, and it was around that Christmas time in which we moved there that we had received a Christmas card from the same man signifying that he knew exactly where we moved by however means. And this, um, this took a big toll on my mother. Uh, my mother was defeated very heavily from this and she tried anxiety medication uh, oftentimes I remember having to retrieve the pills from her purse because she had collapsed on the washing machine and she couldn't breathe. And this escalated further as she was working in her bartending job. She was introduced to a special kind of evil, an evil that not many people have experienced. And that night, my mother consumed methamphetamine. And from there, she thought that her problems had been solved because it had brought her sleep and a sound mind for once, but as she learned too bitterly that it was only temporary and it wasn't true help. In order to feed her addiction, she began drug trafficking, the same drug that she abused, and this led eventually to her arrest. And upon her arrest, she was sentenced to five years in federal prison, and at this time, I was asked to go live with my father full-time once again. Um, as I had lived with them equally before, just on the terms of divorce, this was now a new stage because I'm definitely a mama's boy, that's for sure. Um, that's hard to deny. And so as she moved off, 
out of state and into this correctional facility. Uh, she became very faithful, and this is where she found Jesus, behind those iron bars and razor fence. This is where, in fact, that she found her Savior, and she shared with me the great news of what Jesus did for us and of his intentions for my life. And this encouraged me, and it helped me to get me on my way as my mom was gone. And it really, really comforted me, though I had not fully accepted Jesus yet. Not too long after my mom went away, it was, it was my sixth grade year. She went away when I was in fourth grade. My father developed multiple sclerosis, which is an autoimmune disorder that attacks the central nervous system. And once again, I was faced with a parental wall as it changed my father into, a, into an alcoholic man who often spoke of words of hatred towards me and often told me to leave the house and that he hated when I was home. So often nights I would spend five to six nights at my friend's house just to, I guess, escape that situation. And as this went on, his disease only got worse, and he did not accept the medical advice that was given to him. And so I struggled through, just counting down the days till my mother got home. And when my mom got home, it was a very beautiful moment, I must say. It was great. But I went and lived with her full time, and I rarely spoke to my father after that for, I guess, obvious circumstances. And as this disease of his progressed, he ended up being put into a rehabilitation center to help him as he could not help himself anymore because of the severity of the disease. And it was March of my senior year that I was with my father and I watched him struggle on his bed. And that night at 7.48 p.m., that was when I watched my father take his last breath. And when he did this without the true grace of God in my heart, it changed me. And this was the start to the rock bottom that I hit in my life. As I graduated, I decided to move on to college. And I went to North Idaho College in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho with my best friend. And what I found there was not solace. I did not find answers for the hurt in my heart. And this led me to, this led me to start drinking a lot. And I must say I was probably drunk more nights of the week than I wasn't. And this also led to very lustful actions with women in which I regret now. I found a verse that relates well to what I was doing, and it helped me to shine light on just how wrong I was in my lifestyle. This comes from 1 John 2, 15-17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And so, my actions in college 
ended up bringing me home through my lifestyle. I had got mono, if any of you know that I've had an experience with it. Um, it was terrible. It was really bad. Uh, I came home to be that mama's boy again and to get comfort and care from her the way only a mother knows how. And so after I came home and I was recovering, I, uh, I was not in the party scene anymore, thank God. All, all glory to Jesus on that one. And as I left the party scene, I watched how my friends left me too. As I was no longer wishing to party, they were no longer wishing to comfort me with their friendship. Besides a select few, these few that did not disappear were my friends of faith. I want to take this moment to thank dearly my two very close friends that have brought me to faith. That is Drew and Paul, both active members in this church and very great and handsome young men. <laughs> Honesty is key. So I, I started my journey here at Cross Life at the beginning of the semester. And guess what? I found salvation. The real salvation, not the, oh, I believe in God, so he'll, he'll dignify me, even though I act out in these ways of this worldly life. And I found real salvation here. And it was painful at times, I must admit, but that's because I had stitched such a, such a terrible lifestyle into my heart. So I related a lot to ripping out those stitches and now just the transforming of my heart. I've come to be so thankful, so very thankful for the sparing of my life. I want to read a verse from Romans, it's 5.8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this speaks heavy to me because God knew what I was going to do and go out and be totally against his will and run from him and hide from him. But you can't hide from God, I found out. And um, where I'm at now, my heart transformed, my life, amazing. For once I feel like I fit in somewhere. Not that I'm stretching out for something in this world to comfort me. The pain has left me. And I have Jesus and God to thank for that in every way. I wake up every morning now, not wishing that I was still asleep, but I wake up so very thankful to see another day and to speak of his good word. I have two verses that I want to share of how grateful I truly am that I was shown mercy even when I ran from God. First one comes from Psalm 23, 6, 7. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry of mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. Second one, 1 Timothy 1, 12-15. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and persecutor and a violent man. Now this is Paul, so I, w I don't think I was violent, but hey, you never know. It's up to interpretation. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. True. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. Also true. Along with the faith and love that are 
are in Jesus Christ. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, for who I am the worst. And now that, I agree with that. In my heart, in my mindset, I was the worst at what I did. And I most definitely hit rock bottom. And I was so far from God's grace. But where I'm at now, I have nothing more than to be abundantly grateful. If there's words to describe it, I'd say them, but there's not. Grateful is all I can say, and as I end, I just want to thank you guys for being here and hearing my word. I just want to encourage you all to call God daily and ask him his plan for your life and not your own. Thank you. Thanks so, thanks so much, Corey. That was, uh, that was great. Um, and just as a verse uh, that was coming to mind as Corey was finishing up was Romans 8, 38-39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. God will get us. He's going to get us if he has, has it planned for us. Um, yeah, at this time, we're going to be uh, doing pie, and uh, after that, you guys are free to go. Um, but why don't we pray in closing, and um, yeah. Lord, we just, um, we do just thank you and want to honor you, and Lord, we thank you for changing lives. We thank you for changing our lives lives. Lord, we so often think that we're the victim in our own story, but really we're the culprit. So Lord, may, you, may, your, uh, may your gospel be fresh to us. May, may we not forget, Lord, how low we really were, God, how, but how you raised us up with Jesus. So Lord, may you bless the going out of this gathering and Lord, may you just be stirring in the lives and the minds of the people here, especially those that don't know Christ. So Lord, we, we pray these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.